Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. I got a question for you. Is being holy even possible since only God is holy? Huh? Well, we are, we are going to get into that today. I got a scripture for you, though. Hebrews chapter 12, because Hebrews chapter 12 is talking about a call to listen to God. In verse 14, listen to what it says. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. Folks, as you will see from today's episode we got some counterfeiters in the body of Christ who believes that we don't have to do anything we don't have to produce fruit of repentance we got this in the bag essentially we can just sit back and ride this gravy train straight to heaven scripture is telling us We must do some stuff, right? So, it goes on to say, Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure, okay, so far I'm not reading anything about me sitting back and enjoying this ride. I see myself doing some stuff, right? It says, Verse 16 of Hebrews 12. Make sure 
that no one is immoral or godless like Esau who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. Hmm. It was too late for repentance. Hmm. Even though he begged with bitter tears. Amen. And that's the New Living Translation. Folks, all I got to say today is we better wake up. And we need to come out from amongst the false brethren. Because there is a whole movement who believes that once you are saved, you are always saved. And what comes along with that? Well, we have sin, folks. Because those who who say that all the time, they are still in sin. And when they come up on righteous teachings and holiness living, they have a big old problem with that. You want to know why? Sin. They are still in willful, blatant sin. So, don't let anyone trick and fool you that you don't have to do anything but believe in Jesus. Hmm. Well, we are going to see that if you fall away, if you decide, well, you know what? I want to play both sides of the fence. You know what? All this living holy is not really for me. But you know what? I'm still going to stick it out and see what happens. Because at the end of the day, I know I'm get, I'm going to heaven anyway. Really? Hmm. So all of us have has to keep on the straight and the narrow path though, right? Uh-huh. Let us pray. Father... In the name of Christ Jesus, we need you today. We love you. We give you glory. Hallowed be thy holy name. Father, I ask for wisdom. You tell us in Romans 13, verses 11 to 14, Do this, knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency. For our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed in Christ. The night. This present evil age is almost gone and the day of Christ's return is almost here. So let us, let us fling away the works of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves proper, properly and honorably 
as in the light of day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and irresponsibility, not in quarreling and jealousy, but clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for, nor even think about gratifying the flesh in regard to its improper desires. Amen. So, Father, we are not without excuse as to why we are still in willful, blatant sin. Father, this kingdom, I've come to find out. It is all about Christ Jesus and what he has done for us. Lord Jesus has set us free from the power and control that sin had over us our whole entire lives. In this kingdom, it is about righteousness. In this kingdom, it is about holiness. Because without holiness, no one will see you. That is why we need Christ Jesus. This is not the hour for us to be over here playing around as if judgment day is not coming. It is coming more quicker than when we first believe in Christ. You tell us. Over here in 1 John 2.15. Do not love this world. And that seems to be a problem, Father, going on in the church. That we are still getting ourselves tangled up and enslaved all over again by sin. When you tell us, do not love this world. You said, do not love the world of sin that opposes God and his precepts, nor the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh, and the lust and longing of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, pretensions, confidence in one's resources or in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world. The world, verse 17, is passing away and with its lusts, the shameful pursuits and ungodly longings, but the one who does the will of God and carries out his purposes lives forever. Amen. So, Father, we see we are to behave correctly now that we are being saved. We must be producing fruit of repentance to go along with our faith, to go along with our belief in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. 
Absolutely, there should be some fruit of the Spirit showing up in our lives. And we are to leave this world alone. So, Father, thank you for wisdom. I ask for more grace. I ask for more discipline. Father, I need a lot of discipline. And I know I am not the only one in this family that can benefit from more discipline. Father, we need you. We rely on you. We trust in you. We don't put our trust in no flesh whatsoever. So, Father, I give you glory. I give you honor. And I give you all of my adoration and worship. Thank you, Father, for saving me. For you are indeed merciful, gracious, loving kindness. You saved me from certain fire. And for that, I will sacrifice my life. And I pray that all of my brothers and sisters in Christ will lay down their lives as well. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. The question on the floor today. Is being holy even possible? Since only God is holy. Because if we let the false brethren tell it. Oh, it's impossible to stop sinning. What you mean? Don't you still sin? Come on now. You are just being self-righteous. We all got something. Really? Listen. I keep telling you, speak for yourself. We got the memo. God ain't playing with that lake of fire. We have been called to live holy. Amen. Listen, speaking of holiness, holiness is not only a possibility for the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holiness, guess what, folks, is a requirement Hebrews 12:14 without holiness no one will see the lord amen listen the difference between god and us is that he is in inherently holy while we on the other hand only become holy in relationship to Christ. And we only increase in practical holiness as we mature spiritually. The New Testament emphasizes, right, the pursuit of holiness in this world and the final attainment of holiness in this world to come We must make sure we are abiding in Christ Jesus. We cannot do this apart from him. Otherwise, we get ourselves in all kinds of trouble. 
we find ourselves heaping upon us these wolves in sheep's clothing, all they all they will do, I should say, is tickle your ear, giving you a watered down gospel that that tells you, in essence, you can live any kind of way and still get to go to heaven. Because listen, to be holy means that we are, first of all, set apart for honorable use. Whereas we were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures. God, our Savior, Savior, saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, because if I hear that again, okay, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Look, Titus 3, 3 to 5 tells us, let me open this up. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior appeared, well, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the cross reference to Titus 3, 3 is 1 Corinthians 6, 11, that says, And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. So what part of that are you not understanding? If you have sincerely, truly repented of your sins, the last thing you are going to want to do is to sin against your heavenly father. After all what he has done for you, you do not strive to displease him any longer. It does get easier and easier the more you consecrate yourself Make no provision for that flesh. Tell that flesh, no, we ain't doing that anymore. Stop giving in as if you have not been saved because that's the problem. Have you truly been born again? Because John tells us that the one who has God God seed his nature, his Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Well, guess what? 
He said via the Holy Spirit, you cannot continue. You cannot go on sinning. Eventually, you get to the point where you're like, you cut it off because you understand the ramifications. A whole place called the lake of fire is waiting for those who think God is playing. He is not going to tolerate anyone trampling over the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out for all of us. So if we make light of that, if we continue to grieve his his Holy Spirit, then what do you think your expectation should be? What? A free pass to heaven? Absolutely not. No, Hebrews 10, 26 tells us that if we deliberately keep on sinning, our expectation is of raging fire. Judgment, folks. So listen. The Lord took the initiative to pull us out of our former lifestyles, right? He saved us, cleansed us, and and set us apart for righteousness. If we have believed in Christ for salvation, we have been washed by the regeneration of the Holy Spirit and set apart from the world for godliness, Look at Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because you see, folks, this is where repentance takes place in your mind. You change your mind about Christ, about sin, about God. And because of all of that, you change your behavior. So, back over here to Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Because no longer is your mind on your filth. It is now on what pleases God. Finding out what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect according to his will. Not what you want to do, but what the father wills for your life. And Trust and believe it will be all good. You want to know why? It leads to eternal life. It leads to Christ Jesus. Amen. So now, however, the pursuit of holiness does not end when we come to Christ. I I, I keep like mentally telling. And I say this affectionately. The peanut gallery. 
The peanut gallery is the ones who think that you don't have to do any, you don't have to do anything else once you've come to Christ. Okay. It's like, it's like hallelujah time, party time. We don't have to worry about sin. We don't have to worry about hell. We don't have to worry about repentance. Why? Because all of our sins, all of it has, has, have all been just taken away so we can just live it up. Okay. Anyway, okay. The pursuit getting back to some common sense. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The pursuit of holiness does not end when we come to Christ. In fact, it just begins. There is a positional holiness that we inherit at regeneration and a practical holiness which we must actively pursue listen our heavenly father expects us to cultivate a lifestyle of holiness look first peter 1 4 to 16 as obedient to as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written you shall be holy for i am holy amen and so that scripture commands us to cleanse ourselves of all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Listen, bringing holiness to perfection means that we should be increasing in spiritual fruitfulness every single day. We are to... can't say this enough how I love Romans 6. We are to consider ourselves dead to sin. Romans 6 11. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I don't see where the confusion lies. Okay, because um, when when I thought God was playing, calling myself a quote unquote Christian. Yeah, I, I knew nothing about considering myself dead to sin. So I get it. That is why we get on these platforms and cry aloud and spare not. To tell you, not to condemn you, but to tell you and to warn you, you are going the wrong way. Come out from these false churches. That's that's telling you that once you are saved, you are always saved. That is nowhere even implied in the Bible. Not at all. What gets implied is twisting of the scripture to facilitate your ego that 
as long as you keep coming to my church, we are going to make sure we tell you week in and week out that you are good to go with God. Meanwhile, when you go home, you still living in a hot mess. Yeah, so... Romans 6.11, we are to consider ourselves dead to sin. Listen, refusing, okay? This is the part we must hone in. You must refuse to revert back to your former, former lifestyle. Say no. You say no to everything else. Say no to sin. Amen. Listen, in this way, we, we cleanse ourselves from what is dishonorable, becoming vessels for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master for every good work. Amen. We see this in 2 Timothy 2 verse 21. Holiness, beloved is the mark of every true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 3, 9, 9-10 tells us this. No one, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot... He cannot keep on sinning. Why? Because he has been born of God. That's why. Verse 10. By this, by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. I'm going to open this up. Listen. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. And at this point, folks, it don't matter what you say. Jesus said that we can judge a tree by the fruit it bears. You are the ones, the one who, who is bearing all of this bad fruit. It's no wonder every chance you get, you talk about how it is impossible to stop sinning. Because you see, today, I'm talking to the one who thinks God is playing. And I'm also talking to the one to tell you to your face, please stop being a stumbling block in the body of Christ. You know what you are doing. And you are looking for others to join in on your campaign so that you don't feel so guilty. Stop sinning. What part of Christ died a horrific, brutal, bloody, violent death on your behalf are you not understanding? Do you really think that you have enough nerve to stand before Jesus eyeball to eyeball and tell him to his face how it was impossible for you to um, stop sinning? Hmm? Yeah. 
I'm telling you, it, it's like once you truly understand just how close you came to hell's fire, you ain't trying. You ain't even thinking about sin like that anymore. If you are thinking of, thinking about sin, it is how to further push it away from you, not trying to cherry pick your way through the Holy Bible to come up with these lame excuses about how, see, see right here, Jesus said no man can pluck you out of, out of his hand. Uh-huh. We're going to get to that too. So listen, let me just finish with my notes, okay? Where was I? Right. Cultivating a lifestyle of holiness does not mean that we must draft a list of do's and don'ts to live by. We are free from the letter of the law which kills. We see this in 2 Corinthians 3, 6. It says, Who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant? Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Amen. And now we live according to the dictates of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Galatians 5. 16 to 18 tells us about keep in step with the spirit it says but i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh so are you walking by the spirit because you seem to be gratifying that flesh you must not be keep in step with the spirit but i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Amen. Listen, we are told, okay, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Amen. And that's Philippians. Uh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Right, right, right. Philippians 2, 12 to 13. Because in this verse, we see cooperation between God and his children. Amen. Because the false brethren, they just, they just want to. At the end of the day, stay in their sins, sit back, don't do any work, don't, you know, put that flesh under. They just want to live a convenient life. Well, I don't know how that's going to be because 
Christ, since he is our teacher and Lord and God and Savior, we saw that his life was anything but convenient. And the Bible tells us that we are not greater than our master. So if Christ was crucified, if he suffered, if he didn't have an easy pass, what makes you think you have an easy pass? You don't. So listen. Perhaps the most important lesson that we can learn as followers of Jesus is that God's ultimate desire for his people is that we be holy. That's what he wants from his children. Conformed conformed into the image of his son, Lord Jesus. Romans 8, 29 for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Brothers. Mm-hmm. So, if the father was gracious enough to redeem us from sin and death, and give us new life in Christ, the very least we can do is to offer our lives back to him in complete surrender and holiness, which is for our benefit. Amen. Listen, because of God's mercies, we should be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. Amen. Because don't forget one day we will fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and, and perfecter of our faith and keep running our race, folks. Because that's the part also. No one wants to dig deep and and finish this race and live a crucified, consecrated life. Do I need to scream again about Galatians 2.20, right? Because some people seem to forget. It says, I, that means all of us folks, I have been crucified and I no longer live. Why? Because Christ lives on the inside of me. This life I live in the body, in this flesh, with all of its temptations. I live it by faith. In whom? The Son of God. Why? Because he loved me. And what else? He gave himself up for me. Amen. So it is. All of our hours, reasonable service to live holy. Amen. And with that being said, you know what the opposite right is, right? Well, like I was saying, you have people who are counterfeiters. They are tares in the body of Christ who say that repentance is a work. 
If y'all been listening to the last couple of episodes, we have been dealing with this whole issue, right? We know we have been saved by grace. God's amazing grace is how through our faith in Christ Jesus, salvation has been made available to us. Not because of anything we have done. There was nothing we could have done to make ourselves right before God. But he himself did the fixing, if you will. And so it is by faith that we receive this awesome gift of salvation that was so graciously given to us. So now... How do you know you are being saved? Hmm? Well, do you, have you even thought about how do you know if you are being saved? Because don't say, well, I shook my pastor's hand and he told me, welcome into God's family. Okay. No, that's not the proof. The proof is how do you live your life? What fruit are you producing? Are you producing fruit that correspond with your faith? You say you have in Jesus as Lord and Savior? Because what you believe in, you will hold near and dear. You would protect that. So... How you live your life determines what you truly believe. Because what comes out of your heart is the essence of your life. That's why the Lord told us with all diligence, guard the heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why? Because out of it flows the issues of your life. And so... If you believe that there is no way possible that you can fall away because although you are in sin, Christ will never let that happen to you. Really? Hmm. Well, I hate to break it to you, precious, but I'm finna give y'all a ton of scriptures that say otherwise. That, That clearly say Otherwise, it is unanimous. It is unanimous that it is possible for you to forfeit your own salvation. Mm -hmm. No one takes it away. You freely give it away. Well, that's not what we were taught. We were taught that we have eternal security. Do you think when Christ Jesus said that no man can pluck you out of his hand, do you, and I'm going to ask it again because I've been asking it. Do you think that he is talking to you who stays in willful, blatant sin, disregarding every teaching he has ever taught? You are still just as rebellious the day you went down in the water. What change took place in your life? Where is it? 
And this is not judging you. This is Jesus telling us how to judge a person by their fruit. Because it's not what you say, it's what you display. So, ain't nobody coming down on you. You tell on your own self. So, you got this this whole faction going on. That because of doctrines of devils, you got traditions of men... They come up with these lying doctrines solely to keep you put in their churches so that they can continue to get rich off the lie. That damnable false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed. So you have many churches telling the people that once you come to Christ, you are good to go. They fail to tell them that that applies to the one who consistently, every day make it a practice to abide in Jesus. This is not a blanket free for all that you can just sin until you are blue in the face. But don't worry about it. Jesus got you. Folks. We all better wake up. So listen. Like I said. You have people who are counterfeiters. And tears in the body of Christ. Who say that repentance is a work. That how there's nothing to repent of. Because all of our past. Present and future sins have all been rolled up into one big gigantic ball and nailed on the cross. And therefore, we should not preach that salvation comes through repentance because that's a work. Well, maybe if you stop heaping upon yourselves, teachers, that all they do is tickle your ear and actually crack open the Bible for yourself, you will absolutely see how... Let me just calm down. You will see that salvation does come comes through repentance. How else are you going to receive salvation if you don't turn from your sins if, if there's no turning of the mindset so that once you heard the gospel you can put your faith in Christ Jesus because a stone cold sinner man is not going to change his mind if he don't want that mind to be changed he was not pricked when when he heard the gospel, but you were cut in your heart when you heard how Christ Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that he was buried. And on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead and that how he took your place. You and I were filthy, wretched sinners on our way to a burning hell as we await final sentencing. Okay, but God stepped in 
And he sent Jesus to this world. He he provided a body for him so that God can die, so that his blood can be poured out, making atonement for your sins. Jesus paid our sin debt, a debt we could not have paid. Only a sinless, perfect, slaughtered lamb of God who was sent to take away the sins of the people. He's the only one that could have done it. We needed Christ Jesus. Amen. And so once you heard that, because let us not forget, it is God who draws us to himself. And bring us to Christ Jesus. But once you got drawn, you gave your life to Christ, right? And then you ran into a wolf. Because see, that was my problem. I highly recommend before, especially as, as a new believer in Christ. And as well as mature um, followers. Study the Bible first. Sit with Holy Spirit. Let him teach you. Because again, there are wolves out there. Christ Jesus warned us. And so, back to the false doctrine of one saved, always saved, that really tells the people they don't have to live a life of repentance. Why? Why, since your future sins have all been forgiven, even though the future hasn't happened yet, but the Lord got you covered anyway. So they don't tell you to live a crucified life. For what? If according to their false doctrine that there's nothing to repent for. Christ Jesus got you. No one can pluck you out of his hand. Listen, as a precious sister said, you know, who who also preaches against this damnable doctrine. She said that that how she heard a new one. You know how, you know, once saved, always saved, right? Well, apparently there's a new lingo out. People are talking about once you're in the family, you are always in the family. Folks, we better wake up. Where's my belt? Wake up, folks, because, like I said, Scripture is unanimous. You must work. Keyword here, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Listen, James put the kibosh on this foolishness centuries ago, and still the modern apostate church is still churning out this doctrine doctrine of devils. James said in chapter 2, starting at verse 14, talking about faith without good deeds is dead. Okay. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? See? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister 
who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Amen, because that's what James was trying to point out. If you see a person in need and all you say to them is stay warm, eat well, have a good day, but then you don't do anything for that need. Well, then likewise, faith, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, other, others have good deeds. But I say, how can, you, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Verse 22, you see, you see, his faith and actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous. Why? Because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, who, by the way, folks, is in the line of Jesus. Amen. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just, listen, verse 26. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Amen. Therefore, my friend, in this kingdom, it is all about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you really think that all you need to do is believe in Jesus and you got a one-way ticket to heaven even while you are still in your willful, deliberate blatant, purposeful, knowing sin? Do you really think that Jesus was talking about you? That no man can pluck you out of his hand when you are doing everything to jump out of his hand? Huh? Do you? Because if you do, you are deceived and you need to repent. You who are still doing every bit of 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. 
look, you are still fornicating, still being idolatrous, still committing adultery, still in your homosexual lifestyle, still stealing, still being greedy and covetous, still being a drunkard, still being verbally abusive, still being every bit of the con man, and not to mention you are still dressing like a harlot and a gigolo, still smoking your weed and cigarettes, still lying, gossiping, and backbiting. But but you but you are the one. Mm-hmm. Jesus will say, Welcome into the kingdom. Friend, listen, you you better wake up. You are greatly deceived. It's a reason. Okay. In closing. It's a reason why the Bible is filled with scriptures about us falling away if we don't endure until the end. Mm-hmm. Folks, I hate to break it to you, but you can forfeit and have it taken from you because you chose to stay in sin. Folks, you can for forfeit your salvation. Yep, I know what you've all been taught and indoctrinated with. It just stands to reason. Why would Jesus Christ of Nazareth go through such a horrific, painful, bloody, violent, mutilating death on our behalf if we still get to go to heaven anyway? What was the point? What was the point that if we are so secured, what was the point of him even dying such a death? Why take on God's complete wrath if we still get to go to heaven anyway? Folks, listen, this is not rocket science. You don't have to be a theologian to understand you stay in sin. You ain't getting in. You're not. You nor I will inherit the kingdom of God if we continue to practice unrighteousness. Ain't happening. So, yes, you can forfeit. And have it taken from you because you chose to stay in sin. Taking God for a joke. Taking his wonderful gift of grace as a license to sin. And you thought Jesus was your buddy. That you and him were quote unquote good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You act like it's not possible to defect. Because, see, that's another thing, another teaching, another tenet of that damnable doctrine of devils that it's not possible for you to even fall away in the first place. And I'm like, when did they come up with that? What you mean it's not possible for us to fall away? Listen, I'm about to give y'all a ton of scripture because we need by the Holy Spirit to, to put an end to this foolishness. Okay. So, Matthew 24, 9 to 13. 
then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. This is Jesus speaking, okay? You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers, and many will turn away from me. I can shut the podcast off right now because y'all just fin- finished saying that it's not possible for, for anyone to turn away from Jesus. People don't defect. We got this in the bag. Why would we leave? And yet Jesus getting and yet Lord Jesus gives us this warning, right? Anyway, verse 10. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets mm-hmm, will appear mm-hmm, and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Amen. So that just puts their little title out the window, just completely throws it out the window. What you mean? Once saved, always saved. Hello, we ain't safe yet. Jesus says the one who endures until the end, all the way to the end until he returns or you go by the way of the grave. Not once you finish shaking the pastor's hand. Oh, now, yep, absolutely. Jesus said right here, right here. Y'all better wake up. Okay. Jesus says, Lord Jesus says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So folks, no, we ain't safe yet until he returns. We are being saved. We are being made holy. We we are being consecrated unto the Lord, being sanctified. We are being pruned and cut. That's what we are doing. Okay? We haven't arrived yet, folks. You're jumping the gun. Listen, Mark 13, 13. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Mm-hmm. Luke eight thirteen, The seeds on the rocky soil represent, represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they they believe for a while, then they what folks fall away when they face temptation. See, so we are not crazy. We know what the Lord has said about how people fall away. They fall away because they give in, they give into temptation when faced with it because their roots have not grown strong enough down into the soil. That's because the gospel you got was weak to begin with. No wonder that when temptation came along, there you go right back in the sheets again. 
Amen. No, the gospel you need to hear is what Jesus preached. Repent or you too shall likewise perish. Because that gospel, when I heard that, oh, that woke me up. Okay, John 15, 6. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless, a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Please tell me again how we are safe. Because <laughs> this don't sound like we are safe yet. Listen, y'all better stop playing. Acts one twenty five, as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Uh huh. Hell's fire, folks. Uh, I got this big old jug of water over here. I'm drinking. So listen. Revelation 2, 4. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Jesus is telling us, you know what? Return back to your first love. Okay? Because apparently someone has gone astray. So it is possible to Come out of his hand. Lord, I'm I'm really not understanding what part of these script and this is just a tip of the iceberg that you are telling us that if we don't remain in you, we will be like withered branches. You told us you are the vine. We are the branches. We need you. You don't need us. We need you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. So, if we believe we can live this life without Christ Jesus being holy and being righteous, we ain't going to make it, folks. There's a whole pile of branches that, that are waiting Excuse me, to be burnt up. What else I got for you, okay? Because since you all believe in that one saved, always saved, well, I pray that this will wake you up, okay? Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. Folks, listen, I no, I don't apologize for making these these comments, I, I must, I feel compelled in my spirit because he who overcomes, that tells me like it should tell you there is some enduring endurance going on that I've overcome temptation. I've, I've endured until the end. So what part does that sound like me coasting? No, me have coasted my way into eternal life because overcoming sounds like struggles, um, tests, trials, 
temptations, tribulations. That, that sounds like some work needed to be done on my part. And now this is the reward. This don't sound like, oh, I just sat back and enjoyed this ride. No, it don't. No. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Amen. So if, and this is, I believe, one of those hotly debated contentious statements that Lord Jesus has uttered, uttered. When he says, and I will not blot out his name because the reasoning is, well, it can be blotted out. No, it don't mean that. And then you got a whole, a whole doctrine around this right here, whether or not one's name can be blotted out. Look, listen, I am not a theologian. Okay. I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. If he said this, this, this tells this little pea brain that it can be blotted out for him to say, I will not blot it out to say that I can, but I'm not because you overcame. Again, this is not rocket science, folks. Revelation 22, 19. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Amen. So yeah, stuff can be taken from you folks. Okay. Listen, right Holy Spirit. Listen, we don't control God. If this is his method of operations, then so be it. We, hello, we are the clay. We are the clay. He is the potter. Amen. How about this? Stop sinning and then you don't have to worry about whether or not your name may be blotted out. How about that? Just stop sinning. Live holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Romans eleven. Listen, I ain't I ain't I ain't messing with y'all. Listen, Romans eleven, twenty-one to twenty-two. For if God did not spare the the natural branches, talking about Israel, he may not spare you either. Therefore consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell, on those who fell severity but toward you goodness if 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 i can get it out if you continue in his goodness otherwise you also will be cut off folks don't make me have to come to your house and shake you awake this scripture alone alone how could you possibly twist this? It says in verse 22, Therefore, consider, consider the goodness and severity of God. I keep telling you, mm, 
That's why I keep saying God ain't playing. You want to know why? Because I've considered, I've considered the severity of God. Yes, yes. And his goodness and his severity. Look, it says, right, about his um, severity falling on those, right? But toward you, goodness, if if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also can get it. It says, otherwise you also will be cut off. Hebrews 3, 12 to 14. Yep, I'm giving you all, all of them, all these scriptures. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Mm -mm -mm. Uh -uh -uh. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ. If, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, to the end, to the end, folks. Not after you finish reciting that unscriptural, unbiblical sinner's prayer and now you are good to go. No, absolutely not. Hebrews 4.12. Yeah, I'm giving it to, yep, I'm, yep, I'm going through the whole list. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Verse 6, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. How selfish is that? Yes, I got the hammer out today. Absolutely. How selfish is that? You are crucifying Christ, exposing him to public shame all over again. Because here you go. Oh, I repent. I repent. I repent. And yet you have no intention at all of stop doing what you are doing. You have no intention at all. To stop sinning. Do you? Yeah I do. <sighs> Hebrews 10.38. Listen I got something for you. Now the just, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back. My soul has no pleasure in him. Amen. Hebrews 10.26-29. Yeah I got something for you Miss Missy. 
For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse, worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. Huh? Listen, this scripture is saying, look, listen, you keep on deliberately, willfully sinning against God. Well, your only expectation is hell's fire. Because if those people were were stoned, okay, under the law of Moses, off of two witnesses well then how much more so do you think you deserve to be punished when you trampled underfoot the precious blood of Jesus treating it as if it is something common unholy nothing to be um, taken seriously and not only that, here you are grieving the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Hebrews, what is it, 10, 30 or 31 tells us it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Keep playing. Okay. Colossians 1, 21 to 23. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you, precious, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I Paul became a minister amen listen first corinthians 9 26 to 27 i told you i'm i'm giving it all to you okay therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beat the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to, other, to others, I myself should become disqualified. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 5-13 Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us, 
so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did as as the scriptures say the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan reverie and were and we must not verse 8 and we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did causing 23,000 of them to die in one day nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and and then died from snake bites and don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death these things happened to them as examples for us they were written listen they were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. That is us, folks. If you think, listen, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Okay? Because none of us got this in the bag. Okay? Because we can all, all of us myself included we can still get it if we think oh you know what i got this i got this down pack no we do not okay paul says be careful not to fall the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience and god is faithful he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand when you are tempted he will show you a way out so that you can endure amen folks take the way out when God tells you, stop sleeping with that married man, and he has caused that man to move 10,000 miles away, don't you go on social media and hunt him down and buy yourself a plane ticket and go there only to find out that his wife is home and she got a double-barrel shot shotgun waiting for you, Miss Harlot. He gave you a way of escape take it my hand is raised take it i know of what i speak of take it amen so last but not least i am going to spare y'all maybe the last five or six but i'm getting tired okay all right listen first john one verse five this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say 
that we have no sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Amen. And before you even fix your face. You see, Cynthia, the Bible says right there, if you say you have no sin, then you are a liar. You are just like the rest of us. No, I am not. And and nor are any one of us who do not make it a practice of sinning. Who do you think verse 8 is talking to? John was not talking to the one who is living a righteous and holy life. No, he is talking about the one up there in verse 6. See, that's your problem. You so busy wanting to pull out twisted scripture to back up your sinful, guilty conscience. You forgot about verse 6. Verse 8 is talking about the one in verse 6 who say, they have fellowship with the Father and yet walk in darkness. They ain't even thinking about repenting. They ain't they they are not even thinking about confessing anything, but yet these are the same ones, though. Talking about one saved, always saved. There's nothing I need to repent for. There's nothing I need to confess. Jesus already took care of that. So no, I don't have to confess. Well, guess what? John says you are a liar. You you are the one who is the liar. Not the ones who are actually living a sensible, godly, upright life. Who, who by God's grace rejects all ungodliness. Because the Lord help us in the next verse that if we confess our sins well I ain't got nothing to confess Jesus already took care of that for me see you see this you are the one why my throat is hurting right now I can't scream at you anymore I'm telling you you must confess that sin verse 9 is telling us that if we confess it God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Amen. See, if you don't confess your sin and if you don't come to the Lord, you may come out to be a liar because he says, come to me, confess it, and I will forgive you. But if you don't come to him and you still believe that you have fellowship with him, well, you may come out to be a liar. Because if that's the case, again, why did Christ have to die on the cross for our sins if we are good to go. No, you keep crucifying him over and over again with your fake, phony repentance. Did you know that? Yeah. So, tell me again how we are once saved, always saved, and that how we don't need to produce fruits of repentance because we got this in the bag. Huh? Yeah, thought so. Listen, I ain't messing with y'all. I'm not. Those who, listen, those who are serious about their salvation knows what, what, need to be done 
in order to see our Lord. And that is to do what he told us to do, to go and sin no more. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for clarity. Thank you for sound doctrine. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. That's all I got right now. That's it. We need to repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad company. Leave them tares alone. Leave the false brethren alone. When they even tell you, oh, we got this in the bag, run. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. 1 Corinthians 15, 33-34 and turn back to God. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Bless your holy name, Father. Amen. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye